Welcome to Talk Healthy to Me. I'm your host, Brindley Joyner, and on this podcast, we chat about living healthy, happy, and fulfilling lives. From fitness to relationships to business, we really cover it all. Let's get into it. Welcome back to the show, you guys. This is episode four. Today, we're going to be talking about building a better you through adversity. And I have on the special guest, Lucas. Let's go. Welcome. At this point, I think he's just the co-host. Yeah, I'm just I'm just. Are part you down of it to now. be the co-host? I'm down to be a part of Talk Healthy to Me. <laughs> <laughs> you heard it here first. But yeah, today we want to talk about that topic and then also share our own personal experience that kind of inspired us to talk about this. If you don't know, if you haven't kept up on social media, Lucas just ran 50 miles in San Francisco. I know we talked about it a little bit on the last episode, but he actually just got back from that now. And he has a lot of fun stories and insight and everything to share from that. I also surprised him and biked 50 miles while he was running. So he didn't know until he got done. But I have a little bit to share about that too. It's definitely not as intense as his experience, but we both have a little insight. So that's going to be really fun to just tell our personal experience and stories and just the story time of really how it went. And then also dive into the adversities and the trials that we faced during that and how we grew through them and learned through them. For sure. And by the way, intensity is subjective. So for someone that hasn't doesn't do much endurance training, to just go out and bike 50 miles is a huge accomplishment. So Hey, thank you. As we always do, we're going to start with a quick little icebreaker to just dive in. And this one's a fun one. I came up with this question, and I'm actually really excited to ask Lucas and hear his answer because he doesn't know it yet. But I'm going to ask you, Lucas, what is one of the first memories you have as a child growing up, doing something that scared you that you did anyways, and you got through it. Wow. Okay. Um, and I want to I want to hear the experience, but I also want to hear if you like learned anything from it too. Okay. I think the first thing that comes to my head, because I'm still pretty scared of them now, is the first time I went on a roller coaster. <laughs> <laughs> I was so scared. It was so big. I was pretty young at the time, and I just did not want to do it. I mean, I don't know if this is a great example, but I was scared to death of it. And I decided a lot of my friends were going, my parents were going. So I was like, I I can't be the only one that doesn't do it. It kind of pushed me past my boundaries and said, oh, I just did something I was super scared of. And I I lived basically in my head as a little kid. It was like, I did a scary thing and I'm I'm still alive. (laughs) What is is yours? Do you have something? Mm, Yeah. My first memory that I can think back on in I was young and did something that I was really afraid of and pushed past it was jumping off a high dive. I lived in Germany at the time. And you know those, what are they called? Um, Bungee boards? What are those called? Diving boards. Diving boards. (laughs) Yeah, there's multiple diving boards at this pool, but I specifically wanted to go off the high dive. I don't know how many feet it actually is, but to me, it seemed like a skyscraper and I was so afraid of it. All of my older friends. Yeah. I was trying to be the cool kid. All of my older friends would jump off it all the time. I I would think I was probably nine years old at this time. And my dad did it. My brother did it. All of our like older friends did it. 
and I finally gained the courage to climb up the ladder and go do it. I felt like my whole body was vigorously shaking. When you're climbing up the ladder about ready to go, it feels like your world is going to shatter when you jump off that See, thing. See, that, was, that was like my roller coaster. Yeah. I think it's always the fear and the anxiety of getting to that standing point when you're about to jump and like looking over the edge where your heart is racing and your palms are sweating and all of that. <laughs> I think, weak. Yeah, I think that's the scariest part. It's not even the actual jump. It's like the getting up there. And then honestly, as soon as I jumped, it was like the most fun thing ever. And I did it like 10 more times after. So that's my first memory. And I think that's translated into a lot of things that I am scared of to do today, like recently shark diving and like other stuff too. I think I always look back on that and remember like, I was so terrified, the most terrified I'd ever been, and I did it and then loved the experience after. But little experiences like that are kind of what we want to be talking about today because even though those are silly, like jumping off a high dive or doing a roller coaster, it's still the same foundations of everything we want to talk about today, as in stepping out of your comfort zone, doing something that scares you, and facing a trial or an adversity in your life, and coming out of it and growing and evolving from it. That's pretty much the basis of what we want to be talking about today. For sure. One last little question. Why do you think we're scared as as kids to do those things? Because we don't know. We don't I didn't know what a roller coaster was. I did you didn't know what like heights really were. Yeah. I think just what you said, like the fear of the unknown. I think that's a huge fear in a lot of people's lives. Let, let's get into it. Just a random Lucas deep question thoughts, there. Deep thoughts. Shall we dive in? Yeah, let's go. I think we should first start this episode by asking the question, why does all of this matter? Why does it matter to go through adversity? Why does it matter to build a better you through it and conquer your fears? The answer to that question is by going through adversity and stepping out of your comfort zone, it ultimately evolves you as a human and sculpts you into the best version of yourself. There's so many things that we can say to this and so many points we're going to dive into later, but overall, the overarching theme, I think that's really what it is. Going through adversity just builds you as a human and I think that's so important there's aspects of that like building your self-confidence your self-esteem it shapes the way you go about your life in an everyday basis it also shapes your opportunities for the future there's so many topics that we'll like dive in on a deeper level throughout the episode but I think before we like get into the specifics of answering that question we should just share our own personal experience with the 50 miles and how we kind of went through that and then can relate it back to this topic so you want to go first I will go first for my 50 mile experience. And just to preface this, your adversity or challenge or whatever we're talking about here, it doesn't have to be just physical. Obviously, yeah. these two scenarios we're talking about now are the 250 miles that we did. But just want to make it clear that you can seek adversity, which will go into why that's beneficial to kind of seek it and to go through it physically or you know mentally in other different ways. So just before I jump into the 50 miler, you don't have to go run 50 miles. But if you like phys- doing physical things and pushing your body, you can go run some high mileage, whatever you're able to do. For your um, 50 okay. mile story, I basically, I want you to tell the listeners, the full recap from start to finish, flying to San Francisco, anything that went wrong throughout the way, everything, just like (laughs) the full story of the race. Okay, so we signed up about four to five weeks out from the race. This was something we were going back and forth, trying to decide if we wanted to do it. We weren't sure if we were going to be able to, but we finally, you know, said, let's send it four to five weeks from the race. So it's 30 to 45 days. Anyone in their right mind, you're not supposed to really do that. 50 miles is a huge race. Personally, I wasn't running that much before we signed up. So it was a huge like decision to sign up because 
we weren't really going to have that much time to train. We got to San Fran. When we showed up, it was disgusting. It was pouring down rain. The wind had to be like 20, 30 miles per hour. Hats were flying off at the airport. I wasn't aware at the time, but like apparently the weather was on national news and stuff, how bad it was. There was a bunch of mudslides a little south from us. And so when we got in, it was crazy. The next day, it was beautiful. We go, it's Friday, so the race is on Saturday. Friday is sunny, it's nice. We're actually gonna go check in early to the race. So we're going to check in and all of a sudden, I, we're looking for the address for the check-in and I just see a random email and it says, all caps postponed and I was like dude no way they canceled it due to severe storm and so the race wasn't the one that actually canceled it It was the state closed the national park so the race had no choice but to cancel we had two decisions which were okay it's canceled let's just go home or we could look at it and go hey this is something we came and our minds are set on running this 50 mile race no matter what like we came for one job and that was 50 miles and if we back down from this challenge or don't try to make it happen like what does that say about us does it say it about people in our like circle that we're trying to motivate and our mission of life and our one percent better in kaizos like what does that say about all our life's mission and what we're, we stand for and what we're wanting to help people and motivate people to do and so when you when you weigh it out like that we were like okay we have to no matter how stupid it is no matter how it looks to other people we are running 50 miles now we just have to figure out how to do it well, can I interrupt you yes, really quick? Because when you first, I think you FaceTimed me to tell me it was, yeah. yeah, you FaceTimed me and you told me that it was canceled. And not even for a split second, you guys, was I like, oh, dang it, they're not running anymore. Like, I knew as soon as he even said that, that they were still going to run. Like, oh, he you, didn't... you said, are you going to, you better find a way to do it or something like something not I think snappy, I said, but like. I, I think I said you're still running though, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I just knew, like, so what if the title of the race is canceled and like yep. there's not going to be a hundred other guys doing it with them like they're still gonna run it which i thought was so cool because it wasn't even a question in their mind like it's not about finishing the actual finish line of this specific race it's like they came to run 50 miles and whether or not it's an organization they're doing it with they still decided to go through so exactly. i think that's pretty pretty exactly cool. what you said was there's no title on it like we didn't care about that because there was a few points when we were like should we just wait and maybe sign up for one there was like one two weeks away or three weeks away in a different state and then we just ultimately came with the the idea that like this name of the race does not matter what we were trying to get out of this was a huge challenge so we started looking up trails heads that were further south we were wondering if those were going to be open we scoped out a bunch of um, different areas we used a, a trail app a lot of people use for like mountain biking and stuff and so we basically laid out this 50 miler that was going to be so dirty and gritty and not normal whatsoever and we woke up the next morning and we were like let's go do it and this is where things just started going you know sideways in the sense of a bunch of hurdles we're about five minutes from the first trailhead which we're going to hit like 20 30 miles at this trailhead and the road is closed no <laughs> there's a literally a stop sign and it says road closed some guys standing construction guys standing out there and so we pull up and we're like yo what's going on we're trying to get down to this trailhead and he's like the road's closed there's a huge mudslide trees are down the road's like complete you can't get across it we looked at each other and we're like is this a, a sign from god here like are we not supposed to run this 50 mile race? We set up this crazy trail that was already going to be tough and now the road's closed. And so the back half of the race, there was a small trail really close to our house. That was our only option of areas to go was like, okay, let's go back to the house and run this small trail. And hopefully they said they were cleaning up the mudslide. So hopefully the mudslide will be over and we can get back to the major miles of the 
the other trailhead. If not, we're gonna run the same trail like 10 times. This is all on the fly. Our cutoff time was 14 and a half hours. So when you're trying to think of a race, you can't really think too long because if you don't just start running or moving, you're gonna end up running into like 10, 11, 12 p.m., like midnight. So like in these split decisions that I make seem like make make sense, like let's go back to the trail and run it. And if not, we'll run it 10 times. Those had to be made in like split seconds or minutes because we we had to we, we knew we had to keep moving unless we wanted to run in, into the midnight or the next day. From there, it just kind of was all over the place. We ran a trail, ran another trail onto the road a little bit, and we just had to figure out how to, you know, knock out 50 miles. And then what we, was the weather like? Pouring down rain. I've never been outside and hung out in that kind of wind before. He showed me one video, you guys, and he is on the literal edge of a cliff. The wind is blowing so hard. His hair is all over the place, so foggy. You can barely see like 20 feet in front of you. And this man is just running on the side of a cliff with just like water below him. Yeah, I don't I don't <laughs> want to so go t- sketchy. I have I could talk about this race for hours, so I'm trying to keep it short, but yeah, it was freezing cold. And then a lot of the times we were going, it was the incline was wild. I'm not sure if we picked the right like type of trail for something like this because I feel like this was either straight up or straight down. And so there was no like flat trails to really run on. We were either go mar- like hiking up this huge side of a cliff mountain and then obviously on the other side we were coming straight down it which honestly was even even harder in my opinion um i have two questions go ahead what did you guys eat during it did you pack snacks like if someone's listening and they're like i want to try to run something long like this what what did what do you recommend bringing okay so a quick quick equipment little rundown i had hokas speed goats on my shoes i had a Sal- uh, solomon vest which is a vest with two water bottles in the at the chest and a bag in the back so we were able to run you know 20 30 miles while holding on to some liquid and some snacks in the back honey stinger waffles if you ever heard of that brand they do like gels um, gummies they're like an endurance running company and then some element for the hydration and then i would also once every other hour would have a verb bar with some caffeine so the way we structured it was every hour on the hour we would have food and so that differed based on what I was feeling, but I'd always have around 300 calories. Now, I am no endurance expert at all, obviously, as you guys can tell, but we did kind of do a little research. So this worked for us and we felt really great. No cramps, no nothing like that. So I had uh, two water bottles in my on my chest. One was filled up with just water and some salt. The other was an element or a liquid IV, whatever I could get my hands on. And so you'd sip those as you're running and then every hour on the hour we would eat. Then my next question is, how did you use the bathroom? (laughs) (laughs) So if you go to my Instagram, Lucas Joyner, you'll see a little photo dump. Nah, pun intended. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my gosh. I did not mean to do that, but... um, yeah, there was a porta potty in the photo that came in pretty clutch. A few oh, that's times. good. So you didn't have I to did, like actually squat it in the woods. We we peed a lot on the side of the trails, but no um, no number twos. No number twos in the woods. Wow. Surprising, because everyone said to bring like that's fortunate wipes and stuff. We finished the race because it was so dark and we had our headlamps. I mean, pouring down rain and so windy. We had ten miles left. And it, the sun went down and it was pitch dark. We ran, um, I think it was like a mile point two was the trail we found. Like a, it, 
I say trail, but more like a path that was safe enough, close to the house. And we did that 20 plus times to finish the, finish the race. Like there and back was a mile or something, a little over a mile. So we had to do that back and forth. Yeah, there was a lot of obstacles. Mentally, it was tough too, because it was like, we're at mile 20. Where the frick do we go now? We still have 30 more miles. We had to mentally stay on top of everything, but also like the physical battle of running 50 miles. So yeah. I have another question that I just thought of. Um, you're running with your best friend, Doug. Correct. Shout out, Doug. Was there anything Doug did or said that was like he was a really supportive or good partner <laughs> when there were times when there were times that maybe you were like, bro, I can't do this anymore, bro, I'm shutting down. Was there anything that Doug did to like bring you up and like help you through those hard times during the race? I would have never done that by myself. Dang. There were times that I was mentally not there, but he was mentally there. But I was physically there and he wasn't physically there. So we like countered each other in these like really cool times because we were never low at the same time, which mm-hmm. was crazy because when I was low, he was high. And when he was low, I was high. And so there was a couple of different scenarios that we would get in our head and be like, damn, we still have 30 miles. What are we going to do? But one of us would step up and be like, yo, shut up. Let's go. Let's keep running. I never could have done it without him. And I think that's the same um, vice versa. We would have never been able to. I think that alone speaks so much into the fact that when you are going through adversities to have someone to go through them with you. Of course, there's some adversities in life you're going to walk through alone that you kind of have to go through those alone. But I think the majority of times, if you can just find a friend to reach out to, a family member, anybody, no matter what the adversity is, if it's something simple, like doing a race, or if it's something like a mental game or whatever you're walking through, if you have a friend, like he said, there's going to be times when you're low and they are at a high so they can bring you up. And then you can also be there for them when it's switched and vice versa. I think that's so important because like what Lucas just said, he literally said he doesn't think he would get through it if it weren't for them doing it together 100 percent. that's it for my race we end up completing it at 9 30 at night i think it was very very tough let's hear about the bike ride because the bike ride. give you guys a little background i didn't check my phone but maybe like once maybe twice when i texted brinley or we were like mile 30 or something i facetimed brinley and then i just get this notification or photo and she's telling me she just biked 50 miles for us or just to challenge herself too which was was super dope cuz that pushed me to finish um just an extra little energy boost yeah i actually wasn't planning on doing it until i woke up that morning at like 6am the morning of their race and i was like sending him a good morning text saying like go kill it you guys are gonna do awesome and while I was sending that I just got the urge to do it too I was like I want to be doing this with them but if you guys know I'm just not I'm not a runner like I think I have maybe three miles in me and then I'm cashed out like I'm just not built for long long distance (laughs) runs at all I think the technique (laughs) I truly think I could walk all day long I love walking And I also love biking. I used to be a spin instructor, if you guys didn't know. So I was like, hmm, what can I do? I was trying to decide, like, do I go try to walk 50 miles? But then I was like, I've got too much to do today. I I can't do something for 12 hours. I've got a YouTube video to edit. I've got this. So I was like, what can I do for 50 miles that could be a fun challenge for myself personally, but also to kind of support them and just like make Lucas proud. And so I thought of the bike. So I packed my bike up. I have this little city bike, so it's definitely not meant for this. It's not like a trail bike or anything. It's a fixie. It has no gears. I packed it into the back of our car and 
I love biking down this trail in 30A. It's such a pretty trail. It's all outdoors. It's by the beach. It's in the forest. And I googled what's the average bike time for, <laughs> for 50 miles. And it said like, I think it said like six hours and 30 minutes. And I was like, okay, dope. I want to do it in four. And so I set this goal to do it in four hours because like I said, I had stuff to do that day and I planned it out perfectly. I was like, okay, if I bike for four hours, I can get back, edit the YouTube video by this, blah, blah, blah. And I started at this one point and biked all the way down 30A, like the farthest I could go into this new town that I had not ever been in my life. And I got to the end of that and then I biked back and still had like eight miles, I think. So I just went up and down this strip a couple of times. And yeah, it was the hardest, like physically the hardest thing I've ever done. My legs were shaking. I think the most like physically challenging thing was the pain though of the seat. The seat is so hard and so uncomfortable. I have a question for you. Did you know your pace to get to four hours or were you? No. <laughs> you were just kind of like winging it and just yeah. knew you. Like, I did just you ever knew I had to... to go fast the whole time. So I, fast the whole I time. didn't cruise at all. I was booking it the whole time. I brought a couple of verb bars and I think I brought three. And so I would eat those whenever I got a chance to. I only stopped one time to eat a verb bar. And then the other two verb bars I ate while I was pedaling. Cause I was like, if I'm going to make four hours, I got to keep going. I was about to ask what you ate. Okay. Yeah. And then I didn't bring any water on the thing. I chugged water before and then I like died the whole race. Cause I was super dehydrated. It was just so, so challenging physically and mentally. I think mentally for me, I did get bored multiple times. Like yeah. after I think after about 20 miles I was like all right I'm kind of checking out here there was a couple miles where I literally thought I was gonna fall asleep like I was biking so fast but my eyes were like starting to close and I kept having to wake myself up what? my phone yeah my phone <laughs> was dying crazy. so I couldn't listen to music anymore or listen to a podcast and I was just so zoned out and out of it because I'm a very um I am constantly stimulated by doing things like I constantly have a podcast on or am working on something so whenever I check out and force myself to just like not be preoccupied by something it's so hard for me so that was a big mental challenge but one of the takeaways that I have from it is I love that for four hours of my life like I can't remember the last time there was a chunk of that many hours where I wasn't preoccupied by doing something like being on my phone or working on a YouTube video or doing emails or cleaning the house or like doing something that I felt like I needed to do I was just forced to only stare at the road in front of me be out in the sunshine and just like literally be alone out there by myself yeah and during that time the first hour i listened to music and listened to half of a podcast but then i just couldn't focus on it really and i really just tried to like be super present i tried to focus on all the senses like what did i see um what did i feel like I tried to really just zone in on like being in the present moment because I was like, when am I ever going to do this again? So I just want to be here right now. And another cool thing is I really did like pray a lot of the time too. And when I talk about praying, I mean, sometimes it is like an actual verbal prayer, but most of the time it's like a constant conversation in my head with God where it's not like me speaking out loud, but it's just like while I'm biking, like asking God different things or like thanking God for different things that I see or things I'm feeling or like, I don't know, or even if I would pass somebody, like a cute couple on the side of the road, a cute old couple I remember specifically, and I was like, God, I just pray like whatever they need in their life right now, whatever it's like peace or love or support, just like I pray that over them. So it was really cool in a few instances to just like be alone by myself with no preoccupation and see how I can just like bring prayer into everything through that. 
So that was one thing I took away that was like really awesome from it. But basically I finished at four hours and 36 seconds, but I did stop my phone late. So I still say that I finished at four because it took me a second to like stop and and stop my watch and everything. So what what kept you going the whole time? You're you're not someone that likes endurance. You kind of didn't sign up for it. So what was what like you said, you were falling asleep and stuff like what? Yeah kept you to do it like you didn't announce it to anyone no I didn't like a little a little anywhere. part of me like there was a bunch of things that were motivating to us but like we kind of had the chip on our shoulder or whatever like that you told everyone yeah that we kind of told oh, people definitely. we were doing it so there was like the sense of being a failure to yeah be honest. because of that reason because i didn't announce it or tell anybody that i was doing it there were multiple times in my head that i was like I did 30 miles. Yeah. Like, that's good enough. I definitely, I could For stop sure. here. Like I still like did a huge thing. Like that's awesome. I got some exercise in, but why do I need to finish the 50 miles? Each time that thought came up in my head and I honestly thought of you guys and I was like, they're running 50 miles on cliffs. Like if they can do that, I can finish too. And just like little instances and not that it's a competition or like anything like that is supposed to be a competition, but I think knowing that there's someone out there also doing awesome things with life and like crushing it is a motivation and an inspiration for you to keep going because you know that they're reaching a goal, they're feeling good and like you can have that too. It's just a choice in your own life and in your own head to push through that as well. And I think in every physical challenge like this, like a workout class or um, running a marathon or whatever it is, if you focus on how you know you're going to feel after that gets you through it. I think even in as simple as in going to the gym. Sometimes it's so hard to just get yourself to the gym, but I always say if you focus on how good you're going to feel after, you know the feeling that I'm talking about. When you're sweaty and you just crushed an hour workout and it was amazing, you were listening to music the whole time and you just feel good, you know that feeling. So if you can just hold on to that feeling throughout the actual task of getting there and going through the workout, you're going to feel that again and you're going to be proud of yourself that you did it. For sure. I love that. And I think too, it's fun. Obviously, running 50 miles is not an everyday workout you're going to do. It's not part of a normal routine. Yes. Neither is biking 50 miles for me, at least. Maybe some people it is, but not me. (laughs) And knowing that you're doing something out of the norm, it's just like a fun little challenge that you know you don't have to do it tomorrow. You know you don't have to do it next week, but you're getting through it today. And it's just something you can look back on and learn and grow from. One of the things Brindley left me a note I was supposed to read right before the race. And so I read it and then it was basically summing up that this was going to be a once in a lifetime opportunity and thing that you do and you don't it doesn't happen often that you just go run a 50 miler let alone like create your own 50 miler and go through all these trials and so she was just in the note basically saying like look around see what you see really absorb the whole race and I remember at the very end we had a mile and a half left maybe it was close to a mile and I just remember looking at Doug and I was like knowing we're at mile 49 we have one more mile left. At this point, we are so cash. And I just, I literally said as we were running, I was like, take this in because we're never going to be in this situation again. We might run another 50 miler or 100 miler. In this situation, doing what we did, going through the, the adversity we did and conquering it, we were a mile left. I was like, remember this feeling like when we finish and we're just running, like we'll never be here again. We'll never yeah. be in this dark spot, this headlamp, this scared little moment of like, where the frick are we? in San Fran. I don't know. It was special. And like when you get in those moments of adversity and trials, and this is outside physically, it's anything in life. It's like, you're never going to be in that spot again. Yeah. You're never going to be in that spot to learn or feeling what you feel again. Really take it and absorb it all in. Yeah. Um, And in 
moments of adversity, an overlying theme that I see is it always brings you closer to someone or to yourself. In Lucas's instance, he was with the partner and that brought them a lot closer. Like they grew together, they grew in their friendship so much. For me, how I was talking about, I was praying a lot of the time. I definitely felt so much closer to God during that too. And I, I truly think God got me through it in being able to talk to him. I also feel like I got to know myself better and how hard I can push myself and the self-imposed limit that I had on myself and how far I could go actually doesn't exist because I passed it during that race. That That is a huge point you just said because I had that. You just have limits on your life, on your capabilities, on your knowledge, on what you can do or talk to people or run that race or physically everything. You just, as human beings, we put limits on things and people might look at our 50 miler and be like, it's 50 miles. That's so stupid. Like, why did you do that? You're going to break your body. We do that a lot to ourselves. We never yeah. go outside and try something outside our comfort zone because we think that's our limit. You know? Yeah. There was a few things too that when I was biking, I thought about. I tried to actually write them in my notes and I like swerved so I didn't get the actual sentence down. But one of them was God really speaks to me in metaphors sometimes. So he gives me metaphors for very simple things, simple as when I'm on my bike looking at my watch and seeing the miles. He gave me a metaphor for this and it was how there was a couple miles during the race where I would look down and think like, okay, this is mile 17 and I'd like bike, bike, bike. And then I look down and it's only at like 17.6. And I'm like, dang it, I thought I was biking for a lot longer, but really I only went... 0.6 of a mile like I'm so tired and so I really like saw this metaphor of how a simple bike ride and checking your miles consistently and your time consistently can kind of be the same in life when you're going through the motions of life and you're just checking in on like maybe you want something in the future or you're working towards something and you keep just like dang looking down thinking like okay how many more days until this okay how much longer until this like why am I not there yet but really on the bike if I would have just refused to look at my watch even for, you know, an hour or something, then I would have felt so much better throughout the process than if I just checked it consistently. And I think that's the same in life. Like if you're constantly just hyper-focusing on like where you're at and where you want to be and comparing the two and everything, it's hard to live that way. And if I think if you just like keep your head forward, stay in the moment, focus on like the daily life and like how you can be fully present, that's a much better way to go through life. I don't know if that makes sense, but it kind of was like a metaphor that clicked in my head during the race. I think during the race, like I had the benefit of not having a watch. Yeah. And so that benefited me a ton to not do that. But I think that is one of the big facts, 100% a huge tool to take away is, I mean, how many times in our life do we just hurry things on to the next, on to the next? And you never really take the time to enjoy where you are in the gaps between the quote-unquote big days or big events that you have in your life um and and then just enjoying this what is today thursday just enjoying this thursday we have right now instead of thinking oh i have this this week just enjoying the day by day exactly and i don't think it's bad to have that big end goal like obviously your end goal was to finish the 50 mile race mine was to finish the 50 mile bike i think those are good and those are what drive us but when we like hyper focus on the end goal to where it takes us out of the present moment and what we can learn in the present moment that's when it becomes a problem so i think through that god was just teaching me like in a literal but also in a non-literal sense like stop looking at your watch look in front of you be where your feet are and just experience what you have to experience in the present moment it's the journey that's really the accomplishment or like what you're going through every single day it's not once you get to that goal you're gonna have a new goal or you're not gonna be fulfilled yeah so like making the journey almost the 
the best part about the whole thing. Yeah, I love that. One other metaphor was I was thinking about there was a couple miles where it got very hilly. Like there was a lot of like incline and then decline. And during the incline, I had been going for like 25 miles. So my legs were already dead tired. And then I'd see this hill and it was the absolute hardest thing ever to get up that my legs are already jello and it taking every ounce of energy I have left in me to get up this hill and then on the way down I'm just slow cruising and it's amazing it feels good I'm going down the hill until I get to the next hill and then I like go through this absolute low again I'm like frick I cannot make it up this hill and then the downward comes and it's like amazing again and I was like you know how much easier would this race be if it was just a consistent flat road and so I thought about in the fitness and like diet culture and everything, how often do we get super excited about this next new diet or this next new thing we can do in this crazy like workout program or whatever, like these highs that we propel ourselves into that are ultimately just unattainable and not something that you can do long term. And so we go into it hardcore and then we drop off of it and then we like chill for a second, are not content with ourselves, go back to some like, okay, I tried that. Let me try like keto now or whatever these like fad diets and everything. How easy would it be if we just found a routine that genuinely makes us feel good and works for us and stayed consistent with it? And then we would get some serious miles in in our life. And again, that's a metaphor. Like like a flat road. Yeah. You're looking for the flat roads. Yeah. Flat road kind of, I feel like, has a negative connotation. Like it's still an exciting road. (laughs) But you know what I mean? Like I think a really true, sustainable, attainable fitness journey is about consistency and it's about being able to do it long term. And of course, like fun challenges come along and everything. I'm not saying those are bad, but I'm saying in the sense of like, yo-yoing from like one fitness plan to one diet to blah 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 and like all these highs and lows just keep it consistent and keep it simple and make it something that you can genuinely do 20 years from now because that's what's going to work for you and that's what's going to make you happy in your fitness journey yeah for sure the last little part there's the key. a metaphor i just got i remember thinking when you were talking about the hills is when we were climbing, we were hiking a lot and it was straight up. Like I said, it was either straight up or straight down. And when it was straight up, when you looked up, all you could see was just straight mountain. You saw this huge mountain that was scary or you could never see the tops. You had no idea how long you would go. And so I learned to like not look up because I knew I could take a step. I knew I could take one step right after another. I knew the hiking was fine. Even though it was a big hill, I was feeling okay and could take a step. So I learned to never look up. Immediately when I did, I got discouraged and I was like, oh my gosh, I'd start complaining or I'd be like, dang it, this is gonna suck or like, look how big that hill is. So I'm just gonna look at my feet and take everything step by step, little by little until you get to you know the top or wherever the top was so we can round the top and go down the bottom. And I know that's a very cliche you know, saying, take it step by step or eventually the top will come, don't look at it. But I think it's so true physically and in, in anything in life. Eventually I would reach the point of where I thought was so far and then I was going to keep stepping. Yeah. So just a little little thing that I just learned in the middle of the race to like really just focus on taking everything step by step because I knew I could do the little thing. Yeah. I like what you said with looking at the top of the mountain. I think that's where it gets discouraging and it builds fear, resistance, hesitation. And obviously you were set out to do it, but someone who's not completely set out and dedicated to it, that could have been a point where they were like, nope, I'm out. Like, look how tall we have. Like, I didn't know it was going to be that big of a mountain. Like, no one prepared me for this. Like, let's go home. But 
I think that's the key is what you said, just taking it step by step, refusing to look at it if it even brings up any of those like fears in your head, because it's up to you to just choose not to even consider it, but just to keep going and take it step by step. Well, I think as you see, we're passionate about this. We could talk (laughs) about it forever, but to kind of wrap up our main thoughts on this, we should talk about the benefits of putting yourself in those hard situations and why we do it and why it's a good idea to try it. Yeah, because obviously we made the choice to do these things, right? Yeah. Like I signed up for a 50 miler. Brindley like chose to do 50 miles. Yeah. And so kind of just speaking on the importance of putting yourself in those situations. When you do that, there are a lot of benefits that come out of just kind of testing yourself, pushing yourself because you end up breaking through boundaries, doing these hard things and putting yourself in these situations. When you finish them, you have so much confidence and self-esteem. You're a different person. You, you, like literally. Yeah, um, there's different versions of you that are created through the process. Yeah, now a 50 miler, I know I can do that and I'm way more confident in it. But take that to something else in my life, if it's business, if it's relationship. When things get tough or when I get scared or my car breaks down or I don't, there's just this huge question mark in my life, which is adversity, basically. I built this like this tank of confidence that I know I can pull from and know I have the capacity when these hard times come. Doing these things applies so, so much more than we think in our day-to-day lives. So basically what I'm saying in short, putting yourself in situations for adversity allow you to handle situations that you don't purposely put yourself in. Yeah, You know definitely. what I mean? Because they without them- you for them. That's the word. That's the word I've been thinking about this whole time. (laughs) They prepare you for situations you're not choosing to put yourself in. You're purposely putting yourself in high stress situations so that when you get thrown a high stress situation that you actually aren't choosing and you can't control, you've built up this reservoir of ways to handle stress. So now you can do it more effectively and better. Is that what you're saying? That is what I'm saying. I just gave her a nux off yeah. the mics. No, I yeah. totally get that. I No, I think you explained it really well. I'm just I'm just interpreting what I like see on a science-based background too because that's an actual thing. Like your cortisol levels and everything, by putting yourself in really stressful situations, you're able to handle them better over time. Yep. Yeah. One of mine is it builds self-confidence and self-esteem. Just speaking from a physical standpoint, like doing the biking. Now I have the confidence to know that if someone asked me like a friend said hey girl you want to go like bike this 30a trail just like in a simple way i'd be like yeah i can do that like i wouldn't have to question if i could do that or not and that's a very simple example but and just like a physical example but it does build that like you know and you have the confidence like i'm capable of this i can do it um i have the endurance to get through this and yes i want to and i think like it's just so cool to have that because it allows so many opportunities in your life for you to say yes to because maybe you have a fear that you actually wouldn't be able to finish that or you would be too tired to do that with your friend but now you know you can so you're saying yes to an opportunity that you maybe would have said no to it helps you to not miss out on opportunities in life but i think on like a deeper level it also instills in you the self-confidence that you can do hard things and you can get through them and you are capable of getting through super challenging things that you truly didn't know you would get through or not you tried it and you did it and that just builds a level of confidence that you can't buy with money you can't do anything to get that level of confidence except walk through adversity yourself to get to that point another example is a mental challenge maybe you grew up kind of shy or not really extroverted you're more introverted person which I actually was I'm 
pretty extroverted now, but growing up, I was really shy and it was really hard for me to talk to people and make friends. I always had a very close knit of friends or just like one best friend. I didn't ever really have to like go out of my way to make new friends. Transitioning into moving to new places where that wasn't the case, it was hard for me to go out of my way and say like, I'm gonna go to this youth group or I'm gonna go try out this new sport or whatever and I'm gonna purposely go try to make friends and talk to people. And that was something that was like really scary to me. But anytime that I did and I talked to somebody and made a friend, I felt so much more confident after the fact. And it took dozens of times to do that to where I got to the point where I am today, where I feel very extroverted and I feel capable to literally go up to a stranger and be like, hey, I'm Brinley, what's your name? I like your outfit, this is cute, like let's be friends type of thing. That was only built over time by stepping into scary situations just simply by like talking to people and talking to strangers and stuff. So I think that's a little mental challenge. Maybe you're listening to this and and that's you. I challenge you to just like put yourself out there because it truly is so rewarding to go through mental challenges to be able to make friends like that or just to like grow mentally as well. It doesn't have to be just physical. Isn't that crazy how you can you can take something that's not even associated with the thing you're scared of, but like doing something scary just makes you build the confidence that you can just walk into another situation that has nothing to do with the other one and be like, you just have this sense of confidence about you because you You've stacked up these accomplishments in your life. Definitely, you have experience. And then when you put it in perspective, you're like, I just did that. Like, talking to someone is, come on. Like, it's a little bit less. It feels easy. Another really beautiful thing about going through adversity, once you've gone through it, learned from it, and grown from it, it opens up a door for you to be there for someone else who is then going through it also. I heard this quote, and it's like, the best person to learn from is someone who also walked through that thing. And it's so true that... Once you have experience down and you've gone through things, you are a really good source of motivation and inspiration and a teacher to someone who is also walking through that currently. So I think that's a good way to look at it is when you're going through something hard is to know that you are going to get through it. You always do. And once you do, you're going to be able to help somebody who is in your same shoes. I love that. Wow. Whether it's something you're choosing to go through, like now Lucas can talk to people. Maybe there's a guy that like looks up to you and says like, I want to run 50 miles. Like, let me get some insight from you. You can do that then. And you chose that thing, but maybe it's something in adversity you had to go through in your childhood that you didn't choose, but now you're able to like help somebody who is going through it as well. For sure. I think the last little benefit I have is that going through adversity, pushing through it can help you to build habits in your everyday life that you carry every day. For instance, with a 50 mile run and the 50 mile bike, now I know how good that feels and I know I wanna be able to do that every once in a while. So there's habits that I built that I have it as a goal to bike like 10 miles a week now at a certain time or whatever. So it it kind of like gives you the spark to form new habits through adversity, whether it's a physical challenge or maybe it's a mental challenge. Like I was talking about talking to people, it could be a good habit to say like, I know how good it feels to make new friends and to go out of my way to talk to people. So I'm going to try to every time I go out to find like two people to at least say hi to a compliment. It, it inspires you to build little habits to keep that up. Yep, I, I agree. I also think accomplishing one thing or going through the adversity, once you accomplish one, you kind of want to go and do something else. Maybe if it's a little bit harder or just different or out of your comfort zone, because running 50 miles was out of my comfort zone. Maybe now it's, it's you know, a CrossFit or maybe summit a mountain. So putting yourself out of your comfort zone in different areas, once you complete one, I think builds the habit of like doing that over time. It builds adver- a lifestyle. It builds sure. a lifestyle of like just going and find things you don't like doing and kind of breaking through those boundaries. 
Absolutely. Which builds your character. So if you're listening to this right now and you are going through adversity right now in your life, and I'm talking right now specifically to the people that aren't choosing the thing they're going through, like it's something that kind of maybe has happened to them or something they're not choosing to walk through. I just want to say, I don't want to... Downplay it. Yeah, I don't want to downplay your adversity. We go through really hard things, things that it sucks. Like I I get it. There's so many things that a lot of us are going through right now. And I'm so sorry that you are. But I also want to be the light at the end of the tunnel for you right now and say, no matter what you're going through, I want you to recognize that this adversity, this trial, this hard time is only going to mold you, sculpt you and make you a better human in the end. It's going to teach you things. It's going to grow you. It's going to build your character up. And as hard as it may be right now and as impossible as it may feel, just know there is always a light at the end of the tunnel. And once you get through it, it's going to be something you look back on and maybe you'll find little blessings throughout it. So if you can just try whatever it is, try to find what you're learning through it right now and how you're growing and focus on those things more than how hard it is, I think that will really carry you through it. And we're not saying we know what you're um, feeling or trying to relate to it at all, but we're just saying that there is an ending to every rough time, but we hope just to yeah, breathe some life into you that it will come out positive. It will come to an end. And then for the people that maybe are thinking about choosing something to walk through to put themselves out of their comfort zones, I just want to like hype you up and say, I'm proud of you if you're considering that and to go for it because you're absolutely going to come out stronger and better on the other side. We named a few examples, but whether it's a race, a marathon, um, talking to someone, maybe like asking that person out on a date. Maybe this is your sign right now. Um, What are some other ones on the top of your head? Maybe it's like a fun excursion on a vacation. One thing I did was choosing to go shark diving and it was so incredible. I don't know, whatever you can do, Maybe things. if it's intense, maybe moving. Yeah, moving across the country. Maybe it's maybe Taking you just need job. a sign right now to be like, I've been procrastinating on this. I want to do this and I need the sign. This is your sign. We're telling you right now. Yeah. So go do it. <laughs> but we're going to wrap up this episode with our challenge at the end. So kind of what I was saying just a couple of seconds ago. For our challenge this week, I want you to think of something you've been procrastinating on, maybe something you've had on your heart or on your mind that you've been wanting to do or take on in your life and something that you've been like hesitating to do. I want you to write that out and then underneath it, I want you to write out three to five ways you can pursue that thing this month. So write out something that you're hesitating on and then the ways that you can kind of start to move towards that thing. Cool. I love it. Okay, go write that down. Thank you guys so much for tuning in and just listening to our experience on this big milestone and we really hope you did get some tangible tips and things you can do to get out of your comfort zone and into adversity and we hope you guys loved this episode i want to say a big thank you to everybody that's been rating reviewing and everything on spotify and apple i literally read every review and just have the biggest smile i show lucas just about every single one of them it just seriously means the world to us it's such a small step and knowing that you guys go out of your way to do that is just so awesome we're super grateful for you so thank you big time yes thank you so much and we did want to come on here and say, we if you don't know, we do own a company called Kaizos, a supplement company. Right now we have a healthy cocoa mix. Brendan, do you want to give any details on that? Yeah, it is sleepy time, gut-friendly, hot cocoa mix. And we say hot cocoa mix, but... 
I do make iced hot cocoa with it. I do mix it into smoothie bowls and I do bake with it. So you can really do so much with it. Yes. And if you're listening, we just wanted to uh, get you involved in the community. So we did want to offer you a discount code and thank everyone that's watching and rating and everything. So it will be healthy 25 for 25% off your first order of the cocoa mix. We love it and we swear by it and use it every night. Just for podcast fam. So what's that code again? Podcast Healthy 25. Healthy 25. Thank you guys. We'll see you next week. Much love.